This is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Live on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Sportsnet's YouTube channel, Sportsnet Now. Wherever you are, we're glad you're aboard for the next couple hours. we got a great show for you. Jimmy Ralph, of course, a good friend of the show, radio color analyst for the Toronto Maple Leafs. He's going to stop by in about 45 minutes. In the back half hour, we're going to, or the back hour, we're going to bring in uh, Darren McCarty, four-time Stanley Cup champion, host on Woodward Sports Network, and uh, he'll tee us up with the uh, Detroit Red Wings hosting the Toronto Maple Leafs. What would the Leafs pay to get current day D- Darren McCarty on their fourth line? Do you think five large? <laughs> yeah, five <laughs> large yeah. is the starting is I, the starting point. Yeah. I wouldn't tell. Darren, gonna, I wouldn't tell Darren McCarty this to his face. But God, I'm glad the Leafs are done with the Red Wings after tonight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm sick. Seen enough games. Anyways, continue. All right, we're gonna have uh, some news and notes, including uh, All Star games. One coming to Toronto next year. Is that? When's the last time that happened? I've been in the city for 10 years. I don't think it's been here. I don't know if you were born the last time <laughs> it was here. Damn. We're going to talk uh, Jake Muzzin. I wrote a, a, a my column in the Toronto Star that came out today on Jake Muzzin and, and how active he is, first of all, in the organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was surprised as how active he is in terms of staying involved, which is terrific yeah. news. Uh, but then... Uh, my article went into uh, whether or not the Leafs need to find another player just like him or not after what we've witnessed in the first half of the season. So I want to yeah. get your thoughts on that, Sammy's as well. Uh, but let's dive right into uh, a 2-1 win at Scotiabank Arena last night against the Nashville Predators. And Pres- Predators came in pretty pretty hot yeah. uh, the last 10 games, really hot. In- including goaltending that... <laughs> even after last night, kind of lived up to the hype of uh, Saros being uh, an NHL all-star. Yeah, you know, I thought the difference in that game was exactly what you think the difference is in these two teams, where both teams got pretty good goaltending, played hard, showed that they can hang with the good teams in the league. But the Leafs just, and I text this actually to Bunkus, we we did the post-game show, I said, this is a game where your elite players just make an elite play at some point, and the team without the elite players loses. Like, and that's what ends up happening, right? Like, you needed, it looked like the offense was only going to come from Nylander, Marner, or Tavares. Nylander and Marner hooked up for an absolute beauty. That's the difference in the game. We'll pick up uh, a couple of comments from you. Sammy McKee, also on board, Derek Brandale, Jen Rolnick. Uh, but let's first go to Sheldon Key for our first Kipper's Clipper of his overview of what he saw last night. I handled it well. I mean, it was a tight checking game, but at the same time, we did we did have a number of looks offensively. So I don't know if it was quite that tight, you know. But obviously, it's a it's a tight game, just given that it's one one. But I think that's probably more so on the backs of two goalies going toe to toe. Yeah, it's not like there weren't opportunities. Sammy said something before the game that registered with me, which is UC Saros is interesting because he's the you know for a guy who's six feet tall or under. I don't know if he's five eleven or whatever he is. He sure doesn't look it. He takes up a lot of net, doesn't he? And very active yeah. as well. Whereas a guy like Matt Murray is so much bigger mm-hmm. and isn't active until he feels he has to be active. Right. Whereas 
Saros almost starts being active without looking like he's uh, out of control. Yeah, and to, just to take everything Sammy says, so I look like the smart guy, that ends up being the difference in the game-winning goal, right? Like, Saros has to sell out so hard on the shot because of the way he typically plays. It leaves you a little more vulnerable to a cross-seam pass like that. Also, Neilander took a shot from there nine seconds prior, but yes, impressive goaltending. Sammy, you want to give us your thoughts? Um, now that I've said everything that you said no, to me. I I do think it matters that, um, you know, Matt Maurice stared down an elite goaltender and play, outplayed him. Like, listen, you can say that it's a January game. Maybe there's not a ton to it. But when they when the playoffs start and the Toronto Maple Leafs are playing Andre Vasilevsky and the Tampa Bay Lightning in April, wow. you're going to have to be staring down an elite goalie at the other end of the ice, and you're going to have to be – an elite goal yourself. That's so it matters to me that uh, he did that. I was at the game last night, and that's exactly how I felt. Interesting. Last night watching it, that it felt for me like a successful playoff type of hockey game last night. Mm-hmm. I thought the uh, the intensity was higher than normal, mm-hmm. but not playoff intensity. But as far as how to win games in the playoffs that could look like that. Yeah. That, that to me, last night is a carbon copy of a way that you should be able to win in the playoffs. Yeah. And to Sammy's point, if it is a game seven, Matt Murray showed last night that that type of goaltending is the difference between leaving in the first round yeah. or advancing in the first round. The thing that you can sell me on this most of all is that I don't know that Jack Campbell ever believed he was on the tier of guys like Andre Vasilevsky, I think, because he's smart and he knows it's not the case. And not this isn't a knock on Matt Murray. I do think that Matt Murray believes he is in that tier of guys and that he has been hurt, and that's why he hasn't got his due. Don't you think? Oh, 100%. And I could... And that's good. And I, I'll you tell, want that I'll tell you, when, when he was kicked to the curb last year by the Ottawa Senators, he still believed he was that guy. Yes. He's and believed it's, like, it's you, everyone else in the circumstances, but he's still... You're idiots. Yeah. I'm still the... I'm, I'm still great. And you are dumb to not know that. Yeah. That's... But is what's between Matt Murray's ears. Yeah, and he's won the Cups, and you can see that in those sort of games, he's a lot more likely to feel like this is where I belong rather than, oh, I just want to be the GOAT. You know, like, not that Campbell necessarily yeah. was terrible, but I like having a guy who feels like that's that's where he belongs. I thought last night was Matt Murray's best game of the season. You know who also thought that was his head coach, Sheldon Keefe. Uh, to, to me, I mean, if- I mean, obviously, their guy on the other end is playing really well, too. It's an elite goalie down the other way, so you need to match him save for save because I thought we were, you know, we, we generated looks and, and weren't getting much to show for it. So he has to stay strong, uh, stand, stand tall on the other end. So for me, he's full marks tonight. Um, you know, he's, he's played a lot of good hockey for us this season, but that, you know, uh, try to think back maybe in Dallas or I'm sure there's a few others I may have forgotten, but doesn't. I'm not sure there's ever been a game where I've left seeing the, the goaltender won us the game. And in a lot of ways, you could say that here tonight. I mean, first won five, the game. Five, first five, seven minutes, they could have been down one, if not two. Yeah. That's, that's you know, we've given Keith a hard time for overpraising at times, trying to, like, get these guys' confidence going. That was legit. Earned. That's earned confidence. 
And that's why all the like, you know, blowing guys up in the media and trying to get their confidence back, it doesn't work. You got to earn it. You got to feel it. I disagree. That was not his best game of the season. Dallas on December 6th was his best game of the season. Yeah, they went 4-1 and got no, outshot four, by no. 20 or something. He made 44 yeah. saves in a shutout in that game. Yeah, that's yeah. right. But they, that was also during a stretch where they could do no wrong. This is coming off people already doubting them since December 15th. One of the radio hosts of this very program came in and said this about the goaltending. Uh, yeah. It's not good. <laughs> since then, he did that. That's why it's better last night. Okay. Oh, I think that's fair, but I don't, like, if you're... In terms of raw performance? Raw performance to me, that was one of the best goaltending performance I can remember seeing for the Leafs, yeah. that Dallas one. But he was good last night, no doubt. Sammy's answered the bell, not Sammy McKee. Samsonov has answered the bell every time Murray has gone out and done something. You know, the whole way along when Murray's been good, he's been good. Murray faltered, he faltered. This is, you know, you got to like the situation here if you're the coach where you're saying, okay... You want to keep pace? Better be good again tonight. The other thing that impressed me last night as well was just, again, the the patience that the Leafs showed to hold it, hold it, hold it, and then just wait for that one opportunity, which came obviously late in the game on the Mm -hmm. power play goal that won it. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, I've, I have felt that this team has been in these situations. We talked a lot about the patients earlier in the season, but in the playoffs in the past where they get ahead of themselves and they're not able to sit back in the game. Earlier in the season, I felt like it was patience. Last night was the first time I looked at their lineup and, and thought, who's going to score? You know, like with Matthews out, that's a game again where I, I'm waiting for an elite guy to do something. And I'm looking at that bottom six and I'm going, it's not Aston Reese, it's not Hunt, it's not... McMahon, it's not Engvall, it's not Camp, it's not... Like, they got a lot of guys right now who you don't feel like can score, don't they? Like, too many. And this Leafs team used to be high-flying. you think they'd score all the time. Now I look at the roster and, you know, they wanted a bunch of reliable guys that are D-side and solid positioning, but I'm having a moment with this team where I'm going, God, you're without Matthews. Who's going to shoot it in except for these couple guys? It's fascinating the, still the conversation around them. It's like, oh, the high-flying Leafs. It's like, if you're watching this team closely... That's not what their game is at all no. this year. They're one of the better defensive teams in the league. They are. They really, like, they can't have nights, obviously, where their elite guys take over. But the mentality from the top of the lineup to the bottom of the lineup is a pretty clear one. The and bottom six and, is and, a clear one. And when but they, even their, like, you were talking about yesterday with those defensive numbers with Matthews. Like, mm-hmm. even him. Like, and their top guys are committed to defense. And when they're not getting that green light to carry the puck in, it's deep. They are dumping chase. Yeah. It's not the possession game when Keith first got hired and they'd run it back and run it back. Like, they go north-south a lot more than they used to. You know, interesting thought about Nylander playing center last night. I, I just want to uh, go ahead. Yeah, I just want to uh, go to Sheldon Keefe on the lineup without Matthews because you yep. just spoke of it moments ago. Perfect. Yeah, obviously not having Austin is, is a pretty significant hole to fill there. Um, so tried to tried to manage that. Um, I, I thought we got into a little bit of trouble, and the game was so tight that I, I just you know decided to move Kerfoot into the middle. Somebody who's just more comfortable playing down there. At the same time, I, I also thought we could maybe we maybe needed a goal from Willie, and um, it's, you know it, it's a lot harder for him to generate offense when he's the low guy. He gets so much when he's the first guy to leave the zone. That's a really. I think accurate 
an interesting assessment of Nylander, don't you? Yes. And so what did you think of him as center? Skill-wise, no question. He can he best player on the ice. Yeah. Fair to say last night? I think so. The first Sammy the, loved him. First period was breathtaking. Right? I thought I thought his play dipped a little bit throughout the game. I think it's hard to live up to how good he played in that first period. Fair. His first period he was as good it's, as I've ever seen him. It's, yeah. it's the skating it is. for me. That 100%. just really, and I don't know, maybe you had brought it up maybe on the, on the, on the next show after we sat 12 rows up. Yeah. And, uh, and you said that uh, Willie looks like he could skate with a, he had a glass of water on a his glass helmet. of water on his head or <laughs> yeah. a book and yeah. not uh, have it fall off. Yeah. Just and a it's level so missile. true. Yeah. It is amazing. The, the speed and the agility with almost uh, an effortless uh, yeah. way about him. For sure. But he he has never skated better yeah. for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And, yeah, when there's he's times. he's gone, he's gone, right? Yeah, when he's, he's going, going, he's going. He's going a lot. Uh, less cheating. There's still always that element of him where he, he might take off out of the zone. Yeah. Blow the zone. He cost him last night. Yes. Yeah, that's the Forsberg one where I, he's thinking, okay, oh. Just not sure. Morgan Riley at the blue line for no reason didn't help in that play. No, yeah. never does. <laughs> no. But he is, he is. you, you can tell he's, uh, the focus, the commitment uh, has gone to another level for him. Yeah. Can he, can he play wear and tear center ice? I don't know. I, every other night in the playoffs? I I think that's a that would be a work in progress for him. Yeah, but you know, I think this isn't a tryout to see if he's going to be a center for you. It's can we use him as a center if we have a need? You know, let's like, let, let, let's get a look at what this looks well, like for him. If you're playing him at center in the playoffs, you've lost one of your two really important guys again. Yeah. Like you've lost Matthews, if you've lost Tavares. He's not going to push either of those it's guys into center C. ice unless you're trying to do what Kipper wants, like elevating the bottom six and playing him at center. In the third, like with which two third me, line wingers is would be malpractice with the way he's played on the wing this year. So I thought it was I thought it was impressive last night, but it, it's an option if they need to go. Yeah. through, I think you know the 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 comment about Nylander creating so much when he's the first guy up the rink. I think is really on the nose for the way for Willie stylistically. Yeah, and so when you make him a center, you take away a strength that not many players in the league have. He leads the league or at least the Leafs in like uh, zone entries, right? Carrying the puck into the zone. He's that's, he lugs the puck for the Leafs pretty well. If you make him a center and he's the low guy and he's coming up as a support guy, as he is involved, is that speed putting the D on their heels and messing up their gaps? Like, I don't know if it's the best use of Willie. And then even on the Forsberg goal where Willie just takes one step ahead and it's like, no, yeah, you know, and you look at the Leafs centers, Matthews playing so well defensively, Camp is so good, Holmberg so good, you know, your mileage may vary on Tavares, but pretty good. So they don't have a bunch of centers that get ahead of the play. So not sure you want Willie in that spot. Well, he was instrumental on the power play, which the first thing I, I had to double check when I saw the game winning goal was, was that Marner to Nylander or was that Nylander to Marner? Because right. it was a Marner type of pass. It was. He had the full lean into it. The sell it. Yeah. Soros bit. Yeah. And Marner with the, the wide open game winning goal here. So let's go to Sheldon Keefe on what he saw out of the power play yeah. last yeah, night. It's, it was ugly, but <coughs> won us the hockey game. So, I mean, coach is going to keep his mouth shut, uh, you know? <laughs> That's really it.
<laughs> uh, somehow, I feel like Derek is going to save that <laughs> clip, and it will Coach have a recurring, shut. Coach a recurring, shut. A, a recurring uh, <laughs> appearance on the Real Kipper and Born Show from here on in. Yeah. That Le- one, that one ain't uh, going into the delete file. No, the Leafs' first power play last night shook me to my core. It was really oh, disconcerting. They did. Did they get the puck into their own zone? Like it was so bad. Yeah. And I guess that's you know they have probably so many sort of breakout plays where Matthews is involved in the first unit where you're used to having a guy that's elite in pretty much all facets of the power play game. Yeah. And he's just not there. But they couldn't. They couldn't figure it out. I. They couldn't get it going up ice. Like they were bad. How many power plays did they end up with last night? Five. That, yeah, I was gonna say four or five. The only half decent one was the one they scored on. The other ones were awful. Yeah. Awful. Listen, it's either go big or go home for this power play. 100%. And it's been well documented the last two playoffs. It's buried them. It has. The swings between looking like like the Russians of what? Uh, Pick a year. I'm not going to call your bluff. Seven, actually, 70 what? That'd be a very Jeff Merrick thing to be like, actually, it was 78, Nick. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, man. Yes. You can say any year. I'm- At 32.7. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> but like world-class elite to, oh, my God, this is unwatchable. Yeah. No, it was tough. I actually talked to myself before the game into how Matthews not being there might help them. I was like, ah, you know, Instead of looking for that Ovechkin-type guy, you know, there's not one trigger. You've got different options. Bunting's a great but puck recovery guy. You can get some other players shooting. And then I watched it, and I was like, oh, God, 34, come back. You know, that, uh, that was an ugly one. But, again, they haven't done it with that group without him very much. So maybe – but I should also note, Nashville's pet, uh, penalty kill is very good. It's one of their true strengths. So give them a little credit there, too. All right. Uh, Bobby McMahon, first game in the NHL. I think his parents were in the stands. I flew in from Alberta. That's pretty. That's pretty cool. On uh, you get called up to the NHL, and next thing you know, your 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 dad's on a father's trip. Yeah, good timing. Unbelievable timing. His first game. His dad's there for the whole thing. So they go to Detroit tonight, and then to Boston for Saturday. It's yes. a great trip if you're a hockey dad. Yeah. Uh, what eleven plus minutes? Yeah, yeah. I know you had eight and a half through two periods. I didn't see what the third period was, but if you're asking me, he. He gets to play again tonight if I'm Sheldon Keefe. Yeah. After what I saw last night in terms of just – we, we'll listen to the clip from Sheldon on it and we can go from there. Yeah. yeah. Just, Sounds- you know, I, I wanted to put him on that camp line. Obviously, we moved Engvall up and, um, you know, s- similar in terms of size and a uh, guy with speed down the wing and all that. I just wanted to see how, you know, in his first game how he could fit alongside those guys. And I just was just going to watch it and see how it played out. And there was never a moment in the game that – he, you know, he, he made me feel uncomfortable having him there, so just stayed with it. I thought he did a heck of a job uh, utilizing, you know, what he has in terms of his skating ability, his size, and his strength. Uh, he was really competitive on the puck. Uh, had a couple scoring chances himself, created one or two for others, uh, and just played a real solid game for a guy in his debut. So it was great to see. Just. He had me at size and strength. <laughs> yeah, he like, does. Ooh. He does look. Like heavier, bigger. Yeah. yeah, he does. I think it's fascinating that he drew the comparison to Engvall where he's like, you know, uh, we're just trying to, I'm, 
imagining they would love if they could have Engvall cheaper. And they're like, we just thought we'd put him where Engvall usually plays. Exact same guy down the wing, size, speed. We just thought we'd see. I don't know if it works. Maybe we can save a million and a half. For for 800 yeah, next year. You know, like, if this guy's going to be the same for us, and by the same token, you put Engvall up and say, okay, if you are not replaceable, go do something with good players. Go produce. What would you say? <laughs> Right. You do here. If you can't outproduce <laughs> the guy who makes 800, bad news. You know, so I, I do think there's some interest to see what McCann can be because if they see big bodies, skates north, south, fast, you know, it's not like Engvall shooting in the net. He was faster than I expected. Like skates there was, really there was well, yeah. multiple times during the game where I was like, oh man, like he kind of snuck up on a couple guys. I think, you know, it's first guy wearing 74. Maybe you're not expecting Leaves him. history, first guy wearing 74. Well, no, it's just like, I feel like if you're on the other team, you see any guy wearing 74, you're probably like, oh, that guy's a call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? like, it's not exactly 16. <laughs> Listen, I, I, I can appreciate a guy getting an opportunity uh, and maybe finding a, a way to get in more conversations as... Uh, a guy that can play maybe even regularly one day. But I think it's too late yeah. to think that this guy could even replace Engvall by the end of the year. Yeah. It's just just doesn't work. The NHL just doesn't work that way. And yeah. It also doesn't give Engvall much credit for well, a guy who, you know, pretty effective at bringing the puck from your own end to the other end. And You've, you've also made this huge investment in Engvall. The last few years, Maybe seventh round pick that he, you you've groomed him. Yeah, you've brought him to this point so he can go into the playoffs and play the part of a Nick Paul. Yeah, uh, yeah, somebody like Kalorn yeah. <laughs> something. Yeah, well, right. He threw a hit last night, Angval. So we should all be talking about that. He but did body checks. You just someone. you just can't bail. That's my my whole point yeah. is you just cannot bail because yeah you put all this Bobby developmental comes in and and plays great once twice yeah a few times this week mid right <laughs> so it's hard it's hard like yeah. s- stay with the program stay with the vision that you had Angvol's one of those guys what he asks for where he can take his salary the following year yeah yeah. I, I'm with you that he can outprice himself here. Right. I just think maybe sometimes, and I'm guilty of this, we don't appreciate how nice it is to have a guy who, when he gets the puck on his stick and th- pitcher Engvall getting it in the D zone, starting to skate, he's going to pass everyone. He's going to outskate them and get it into the other end, circle around. Like there's value in some of that. And well, I think the frustration comes from, it seems like there's more there. He's still a pretty effective guy for the Leafs. So, yeah, I'm not McMahon's not going to take his spot, but you know, he earned another look. That's for darn sure. I think Dave McMahon or whatever his dad's name is will get to enjoy a couple of games out of old Bobby. I made that up. I have no idea what his dad. Oh, was. I was going to say, you know his father? No. I just yeah. It's nice to this is another sort of I think kudos to the development team for the Leafs that they can just call up another guy that never was drafted and yeah. you know that can just yeah, kind of kind of look like he belongs a little bit I know. to me and it like he's not a long term solution but I think it is a, a credit to them being able to develop well, more random guys what Kyle Dubas is hoping that you're you'd say is it yeah absolutely because well, he didn't text me that today unfortunately no but, but <laughs> this isn't uncommon for general managers and it's just not Kyle that 
this is a way of kind of reminding the Sammies of the world that I'm, I know what I'm doing with development. I can I look at what I can do. Well, that, I'm convinced that's why SDA got a game this year. I think that's a very possible one. Right? They're yeah. like, oh, see, this guy drafted like, plays man, in the like NHL. Body. And, He's and, effective in the And in the meantime, six. if I can extend Sammy's love for Kyle's development of players, can I convince 31 other teams that I have now an asset, a chip in the poker game of... Let's make a deal. Oh, my God. Can you imagine Bobby McMahon scores the winner for the Bruins Listen, against I, the Leafs? I, you, you just, <laughs> that's what you hope, though, that you can start developing. And, and Timmons is a perfect example of that. Yeah, that. The problem is, Kip, you guys sell these guys while they have their value, right? Like Nick Robertson had value. Yes. But the Michael Traco's col- column was unbelievably on point. He was <laughs> never been more right than he was. <laughs> Uh, unless, which was by the way, unless, to trade him after the two goals. Unless Robertson game. would have found a way to stay healthy and maybe contribute fifteen goals. Of course, but, but you don't know that at the time. No, you don't. Well, it's like playing blackjack. It's when, like, when do you walk away from the table? You never know when you're at your highest number. But you, you don't. There's no deal to be had when Mike Mike wrote that article. That now's the time to trade him. There's 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 no deal. There's no there's no partner. There's yeah. no dance partner. So even if you wanted to, you're not going to make a trade for the sake of making a trade. You're going to you're going to use it when you feel like you need it the most. Yeah. A lot of things have to align. The stars have to be in order here. There was no stars a, to pull a trade here. And I, I don't know what uh, kind of schedule he's on to come back and play, but there might be some time for him to come back. Maybe with the Marlies, yeah, have a good week or two, right? Put himself in a position where someone may take a flyer on him. Truly, if, if he went played for the Marlies and scored five times in four games, you could probably say, "Look, every time this guy has any run of health, he's an effective player. He hasn't had a run of health. It's like Timmons. If he gets healthy, he'll be good for you." Yada yada yada. All right, you know, uh, did you clip uh, Sheldon Keefe today? On uh, was it Luke Fox that asked him about Austin Matthews? I have the uh, yes. I clipped it. it's a whole exchange with the reporters. You can you can listen to it here. Okay, let's have a listen. Yeah, we'll see. We've got some game time decisions here tonight, so we won't have all that sorted until later on. Austin among them. Yes. You said it before it was something lingering. Do you think it was affecting his shooting at all? I'm not going to answer any questions uh, about any of that kind of stuff. I don't blame Sheldon here. Luke tried to walk him into mouth shut. <laughs> Luke tried to walk him into a story. No. Oh yes, he did. Which is well, I mean no, that's no, no, literally that's, his job. Yeah, that he is a journalist. And I didn't he say asked, he's not doing his job. Right. Okay, I'm just but saying. It's not, but it's not like it's clickbait or that it's an unfair question. Oh no, it's clickbait. Oh, that's a fair question. It's a fair. Question. I'm not saying it's not a fair question. And I'm not saying he's not doing his job. As a journalist, it's great when your job aligns with what's clickbait. It aligns. It's like the most clickbaity thing. Luke's, also, is the most interesting Luke's thing. Doing what any reporter wants to do. He wants to find a story. No, he wants to find the story. He the wants the story. truth. He wants the you truth. You can't handle the truth. <laughs> You're probably Luke, right, Kim. That's what Sheldon should have said. You can't handle the truth, <laughs> Luke. You want me? And on you that wrote us off a month and a half ago, that. by the way, <laughs> Luke. <laughs> but. Okay, so what was? The, how did he phrase the question again? In, a, play that one more in time? a very fair way. Okay, play it one more time. 
Yeah, we'll see. We've got some game time decisions here tonight, so we won't have all that sorted until later on. Austin among them? Yes. You said it before it was something lingering. Do you think it was affecting his shooting at all? Okay, there it is. You said there it was it something lingering. Do, do you, you think, think it was affecting his shooting at all? And if so the guy goes, yes, yes, I do think that. Boom! Yeah, yeah. Headlines! Sure. Uh, Sheldon's not an idiot. It looks good. He's going nice. to keep his mouth shut. <laughs> there he is. He's keeping his mouth shut. You think if it if if it is affecting his shot, I'm going to tell you that? Why do I want you to go run wild now on uh, on this being an ongoing problem in the second half you know of the season? Though? You know what? You know why it's a great question? Because if it wasn't affecting his shooting, you'd just say no. And, and now he's got an answer of if, his own. And if he was, if it wasn't affecting his shooting, he might have more goals than Zach Hyman this year. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? I, 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 you know, I worry about that because he didn't he have wrist surgery. See, he didn't even answer the question, and Sammy's worried about it. Oh yeah, that, that's how you know it's a good question. I worry about it. If he if he's a game, what the hell are you even considering playing him? Are yeah. you wow. kidding me? You can't game time decision you can't miss home. Against a pretty good opponent, a, a, a good test for your whole team. You don't miss that game to race to Detroit, get in at 2.30 in the morning, get up at 9 a.m. to have like a, a breakfast or a pregame meeting yeah. to go play. Yeah. I'd be shocked if Austin Matthews is in the lineup tonight. Shocked. But wh- I guess it's just competitiveness, like to t- keep the Red Wings on their toes that he might play that you don't just announce he's not playing. Is that why? Just to say he is not playing tonight. Yeah. That's, like, what are we, no, that's a good game point. time decision? I hate like, that stuff too. Like, I have always What are you talking about? Well, especially in the gambling world too. It's like maybe announce this stuff. Yeah. You're going to be partnered with game. Like just. You're the Leafs. Are... Doesn't that move the puck line? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> pretty good. That changed things. Um, do the Leafs are five and zero in their last five against the Wings, and like nine zero and one in their last ten? They've, they've won nine straight against them. nine straight against yeah. the Red Wings. Yeah, they own. Thanks them. for coming out. Yeah, this 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 rivalry should matter more. They've never been good at the same time. Like, Ottawa, Buffalo, Detroit, you Montreal. Think, you think about when they came back over from the West was like in twenty fourteen, and you think about where the two franchises were at or have been at since then. They've never really played any meaningful games. Yeah. Like, That's they've wild. been going in separate directions because like, they were kind of at the end of their long one and the Leafs were kind of starting to get good. It's weird that they don't – these are two classic franchises. It's like old rivalry, original six, and it just doesn't matter any of these games. Yeah. It's weird. 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 Mid. Anything else? Yeah, uh, just move on. Last night? <laughs> um, they, they, they look – Nash looked big to me too. Yeah. You were, you were in the building, so you'd have a better yeah. sense for that. Especially uh, – also, I know at times it was ugly on that power play, but they're they're damn good on the penalty kill too, yeah. with uh, big bodies, straight lines, yeah. taking away the dangerous areas. Uh, yeah, for the most part, outside of that game winning goal. Mm-hmm. But man, they uh, they they look big to me too. Yeah, I Bunk- see that. Bunkus and I were texting about uh, thirteen Yakov Trenin. Yeah, player, great good. fourth line guy or third line guy. Big body, yeah. impactful guy, good penalty killer. I like well, him a lot. Yesterday, Willie Donich was saying that, uh, what's his name? Tanner Janot and Trennan combined for 41 goals last year. I thought it was... How about me remembering Willie Donich and not remembering Tanner Janot? <laughs> I thought it was really 
made Willie look really smart when he was like, I've literally never seen a more snake bit player than Tanner Janot. Yeah. And then Tanner Janot goes in on a breakaway, shoots it at the chest, is standing <laughs> wide open beside the net and can't shoot it in the net. Yeah. Murray makes a save. Snake bit. I he he impacts those... the game, though. Like, he oh, was yeah, noticeable the whole night. It just he couldn't score. Okay. Uh, wrote my article today out on Jake Muzzin. Uh, if you get a chance, you can find it on my Twitter account, Real Kipper or uh, uh, Toronto Star. Uh, it talked about what, how Jake Muzzin is still contributing to the, the Leafs outside of playing the game. Uh, very active in terms of uh, his involvement. My understanding is on the road trip uh, in Detroit, uh, interacting a lot with the players. So Even like in the dressing room. semi sort of like a coaching capacity. It, it really sounds like that's pretty much it. Any type of uh, feedback he can give them from yeah. watching. Uh, he has, I think, been involved uh, a lot with even a guy like uh, Justin Hall yeah. uh, the last little while. Well, you know, Hall found his game after, God, 12 games of yuck. So maybe that had some hand in it. Who knows? The other thing that I do mention uh, in the column today is that uh, there's still a void there. Yeah, And uh, I'll throw this to you, JB, uh, before we get to Sammy, is that uh, after everything you've seen and the feeling that you had at the beginning of the year on what the Leafs needed, is it still there? Do they need a, a, a guy that replaces what Jake brought to the Leafs when he was healthy? So, yeah, I mean, that that would be wonderful. I just don't know how many of those guys exist in the league total. You know, I think it, it and one of the underrated Leafs stories is – how much it hurts them losing Muzzin because he was like TJ Brody in that he made a pair better, right? Whoever was on Muzzin's pair, Justin Hall at his best run of hockey playing with Muzzin, you know, whoever you put him with kind of felt like he solidified a pair for you. So losing him is a big deal. And of course, replacing him would be unbelievable. But like Kipper, if you were on the league, there's just not many of those guys. Every contending team is looking for Jake Muzzin. Right, like that's like the number yeah. one. That's a thing that They're, every guy is trying. Every team is that Edmondson? Is that Joel Edmondson? It, it is right now. I would say he'd be at 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 the top right now. Yeah. Uh, at times, it looked like Brendan Dillon couldn't get given away with the Washington yeah. Capitals, and now he's playing a significant part in Winnipeg's success. Um, yeah, I so don't think not... Seattle even wanted him really? in the waiver wire. So. I mean, they're 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 they are out there, yeah. And depending on you know what happens in the next few weeks with teams and their 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 cut line on when they still think that they can make the playoffs or when they cut bait and go for Connor Bedar, mm-hmm. there'll be more. There'll there'll be yeah. more. Yeah, I mean that would be a wonderful thing. I, I did think there was some interesting comparison between Muzzin and facing the end of his career before him making the choice to do it and your own career, you know, did do you, do you, can you understand what he's going through a little bit? Yeah, for sure. And again, as I, as I talked to a few people to, to kind of get some background on, on his situation, he's no different than any of us that he's, he struggled early. Yeah. Right. It's. Would he have known early that? So it sounds like it's definitely. He's not it really gonna play. Doesn't sound like he's uh, he'll have a uh, another uh, meeting with a doctor in February, probably in the summer too. And I would believe that there, if there is any hope at all that he wants to hold on to to come back and play, 
it would be decided in the summer. Mm-hmm. Does he have another year in his contract? I think I'll, he's I'll, got, he's got yeah, one, more. one last year. Yeah. So I think he knows for sure that he has done this year yeah. and that the Leafs will take the $5.6 million and uh, use it to improve the team, mm-hmm. which would make it very difficult for him to come back even if he was healthy. Right. Unless you pull a, a Kucherov and you want to try to throw him in in the playoffs. Game one, it's Tampa Bay. Which, Good luck. <laughs> you know, last time I checked. No thanks. Love Muzz, but he ain't no Kucherov. No. No, or Patty Kane or whoever else so said that. that I, I, th- I think the, the understanding is that uh, I feel well enough that I can travel. I can feel well enough to uh, ride a bike or go for a skate on my own. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I want to watch... And, and help these guys win. Yeah. Do you feel like when you had your injury, did you already feel like you were at the end of your career or were you, where, where were yeah, you in the mindset? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Great question. Yeah. Uh, prior to that, I was uh, doing everything I could to save on and hold on. Yeah. So factor in that you got a, an injury now and uh, a doctor saying, if you actually get hit like this again, you could die. Then, that's enough, eh? Wow, you're like, I like hockey, but <laughs> I don't, I, I don't like it that much, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. So that's where Muzz, Muzzin is right now. No question that mm-hmm. you have this issue going on, and if you want to risk uh, walking, feeling well yeah, in your career kids, right? and all of that, then you run that risk, then... And the other thing is, is, you know, Jake Muzzin, $50 million in career earnings. And I, I wrote that. that doesn't, Did you not make 50? Uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, just, just clarify. three lousy million. But, oh, that sounds pretty good. Um, doesn't really matter at that point yeah. when you're told you cannot, you can no longer do what you, you love to do. Yeah. So that's, that's the issue moving forward and uh, you know i i gotta be on uh, like honest i'm i'm actually really surprised he is that active other guys when when, when you get news like that you just want to get away get from away. it just, no you can't look like, at it too painful what i mean uh, i'm a, a top shutdown guy in the league and now um, i gotta watch connor timmons turn it know, over some guys will be like uh, not timmons best game by the way the last i, I want to fill water bottles for you guys no but he's not like that yeah but you talk to anybody this guy's about character integrity uh i think sheldon keith at times have uh described him as the conscience Mm -hmm. of our of our team it's a compliment right yeah so if he's willing and you know kyle dubas uh, with open arms you're like you want to do this yeah yeah i want to do this yeah absolutely Curious to see what that looks like by the end of the year. Like, if he's in the locker room talking with guys about plays, like, you know. Well, he he, is now. Well, yeah. Like, can he end up, I don't know, on the bench in the coach's office during games, eye in the sky, doing some sort of, you know, more more active role like that? You just see how Kyle's been with Spezza. Spezza, And I'm sure if Wayne Simmons decides to shut it down, if he wants to be a part of this organization, that's... That's the sense that you get out mm-hmm. of a, a Kyle Dubas is that, yeah. you know, there's, it, I got a lot of time for character. So then the issue is just how do you replace that on the ice? And do you, do you need it less than you thought 
at the beginning of the year or it doesn't really matter. For me, I used the example of Kale McCarr. Mm-hmm. Right? Great, great D. Still need help. Still needed Josh Manson. Manson was very good for them. Really good. Yeah. And I think, yes, especially when you think about beating Tampa or Boston. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I, I, I did speak at, at times about is that I, I don't want I don't want Lilligren or Sandine or Timmons look like his pinatas with big guys on the four check. Yeah. Hard four checks and now Brody's out with rib issues. You know, rib issues come with getting hit a lot. Yeah. Well, it is it is a spot where it'll be curious to see if they can find someone who can play because it's not like you're trying to crack a bad decor with an obvious hole. You know what I mean? Like, you have to be better than Sandine or Lilligren or Justin Hall. You have to be better than a good player. So they can't go out and just get some guy yeah. who's big. You know, I'm looking at Arizona right now. You got Josh Brown or, you know, whoever. It's like, I don't... They don't need a guy who who isn't better than those guys. They need someone who has that yes. e- that element of their game who's good. Good luck with that. Ekholm. <clears throat> that's, that's a nice one. Uh, Tanner Janot and Ekholm. Let's go. You think the Leafs miss Muzzin, Sammy? Love Muzzin. Breaks my heart what's happened to Muzzin because I thought that was such a sort of shift in the Leafs' trajectory with him. Like when they got him, I felt that that took them from into a real contender. And a lot of the injury stuff with him is a lot of the reasons they didn't go further. Like you think of against two playoff rounds, right? You think against that stupid bubble against um, Montreal. Uh, no, against um, Columbus. Columbus. He has that weird injury. Marinchin's playing. Marinchin played? Oh, yeah. Oh. And then uh, you think of. You don't remember that? <laughs> oh, I just burned into my brain. Sorry. Number 52. <laughs> <laughs> and then you think of the same thing against Montreal. Like it's just. A lot of the time when you needed him most, he was banged up. And just, I feel that if you play it out 10 times with Jake Muzzin, it goes better the other nine yeah. times in the way it's gone right now. It's also, you know, he played a certain way. For sure. A way no that doubt. leaves you vulnerable to late career. You know, if, if you drive your Ford Escort uh, on 4x4 four four off-road long enough, it'll, <laughs> the wheels will fall off. Suspension issues. Yes. <laughs> I think that's where we're at. All right. We're going to take a quick break here. Uh, Jimmy Ralph, after the break, we'll get into Matt Murray's performance and how good was it, as good as I said, or does he like the win over Dallas earlier, like our boy Sammy? Jim Ralph, after the break, you're listening and watching to Real Kipper and Bourne. All right, let's bring in Jimmy Ralph. Toronto Maple Leaf Radio color analyst. Ralphie, how are you, pal? I like analyst. Yes. Yeah. Is that, they it, analyze. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's I don't know if it's as accurate as but I just you know, I just get tired of that whole two time OHL all star introduction. Yeah. Well good thing I <laughs> where do they introduce you like that? <laughs> good thing I forgot about that one. It's on my card. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just want to get right into it with Matt Murray and his performance last night. I, I I said for a couple of different reasons, I thought it was his best one of the season. Sammy re- uh, refers to uh, uh, a Dallas game earlier in the season. But what did you see last night in terms of uh, really, I mean, it was a bounce back game for him. If, if we want to go back to uh, mid-December. 
Yeah. Oh, no, I, I thought uh, – I'm with you, Kip. I thought it was his best game. And I think even Sheldon Keefe said in the post game that they felt it was maybe the, the first game a goal he actually stole for them, that uh, maybe they didn't deserve to win. Um, but I thought he was he was square. He battled. And, um, and you know, even threw in the Dominic Hasek save early in the game that, uh, uh, that still has you wondering how the puck didn't go in the net. But, um, you know, and that, that's all part of battling. He never gave up on anything. And, um, you know, I thought, you know, even after they made it 2-1, he made some two or three great saves in a scramble late to, uh, to keep them in it. So uh, I, I would say that was, from my standpoint, that was by far his most impressive start. Ralphie, you know, the Leafs scored two goals last night. Um, you know, the big one comes off uh, Nylander's stick to Mitch Marner, who puts it away. I felt watching that game like if it wasn't one of those guys, it wasn't going to come at all. And that's been kind of regular this season. Do you have concern about their ability to score? Let's say they go into a series against Tampa and that the big guys get at least slowed down somewhat. Can they score enough? Yeah, well, I mean, I think um, you know, that Kerfoot camp angle um, line. I think uh, at one point Kerfoot had a four points, uh, four game point streak. Engvall had a six game point streak, uh, and I liked those games. And 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 they did. In fairness, Barney, they did get some um, some secondary scoring in Philadelphia. True. Uh, you know, Zach Aston Reese scored. Connor Timmins scored his first. Lilligren scored shorthanded. Uh, so they were able to do it then, but. Um, you know, I think with Matthews out of the lineup and, and Engvall being bumped off, you know, bumped up uh, from the Kerfoot camp combination, uh, it's taken away a, a little bit of that offense because um, and I think even though the numbers haven't been great, I still think there, there's always been that threat with that third line of uh, maybe being able to find the back of the net. And, and I like the fourth line as far as, you know, uh, Pondus Holmberg is a really come on and, and giving them the option to move Kerfoot up alongside camp. So, um, you know, I think it's always going to be a concern. I think you look at game seven against Tampa and it was Nick Paul that had two goals for Tampa, you know, and I think that's, you want to have those guys in the lineup that can do that. That uh, may not be your 40 or 30 goal scorers, but, um, you know, the second, third, fourth line guys that can chip in. As far as the opportunity of, of watching your team without Austin Matthews last night, Willie Nylander comes into the middle and uh, doesn't look completely out of place here. What did you see out of Willie Nylander at the center ice position? Yeah, I thought he was back. He had um, well three games without a point before that, which was his, I think he'd gone back-to-back games once before. So, I mean, his consistency has been there, but, um, I know he said before the game, he said, I've got to get my feet moving again and, and playing up the middle uh, is going to help with that. Then I'm going to have to get the feet moving. And But he, um, you know, he's, I think what's more impressive, Kip, is how he's engaging in the one-on-one battles in the corner and winning a lot of them. So I, I think as much as you can like the points and you can like the finish and the creativity, um, you know, I'm, what's impressed me the most with him is his, his desire to engage. And um, you know, and win those battles, and I, I think it was probably fair criticism earlier in his career where he shied away from it. And um, I, I think he's, whether you want to call it maturity or you know a message finally getting through to him, I think we've seen that change in his game. Well, if you're trying to get a sense of guys at the fringes who can be a part of this team in a playoff lineup. Uh, Connor Timmins has played a number of games now for for the Leafs, and last night Bobby McMahon makes his debut. Do you have uh, an opinion on McMahon after one game, and how has your opinion of Connor Timmins uh, evolved? 
Uh, well, Connor Timmons, I, well, I think both guys you love because they're such a great story. You know, uh, McMahon's, what, 26, I think? So, yes. You know, it's been, it's been a long road for him to get there. And, you know, Connor Timmons was, was on the bubble in Arizona. And you think if, uh, you know, with all due respect, if you, if you can't be a regular in Arizona, uh, you're probably, you know, looking at uh, the Bobby McMahon way back to the NHL. So um, I've liked the fact that they're, they're two guys that have great stories in getting there. You know, they weren't high draft picks that they were slowly molded to come along. They were, you know, guys that then, and Timmons has battled through injuries through his career as well. So that's that's what I love the most, being a uh, a hardened, uh, if not bitter, seven-year minor leaguer. You know, to see guys get those opportunities and succeed. I thought McMahon was good. I thought uh, there was good speed last night, and there were a couple of little plays. Um, there was one, and I mean, it was a nothing play in the scheme of things. But the puck came around the boards on the right wing side, and as he was getting there, you saw him look over his shoulder to I see if anybody play. was coming, and a lot of guys would just you know, sort of panic and just try to jam it out, uh, you know, without taking a look. So I thought that was, you know, a very, very small thing, but I thought it showed that uh, his composure was pretty good. And I love his post-game comments, too. He said he used to play against Matt Duchesne in uh, the NHL video game. He said, so it was was pretty cool lining up against him, you know. So I I thought that was a pretty neat take. Our memories are still good enough to know uh, when we played, like, you were if you didn't make it at 22 or 23, like you were done, done. Yeah. Well, I know the first five years I get sent down, uh, they said they wanted me to mature and, and learn the, uh, the pro game and, uh, you know, get better at the pro level. And then the, uh, the last three years, they said they were going to go with the younger guys. So I think timing is pretty, uh, pretty important. Kip. It is. Um, and uh, at the same time, let me ask you something is, is there enough room in the back half of the season that uh, a guy like Bobby McCann can get himself into a conversation and, and maybe turn himself into uh, another uh, Pontus Holmberg? Or um, is that just uh, unrealistic at this point with uh, the back half to go? No, I, I don't think it is unrealistic. I think, you know, you're, you're looking to fine tune the fourth line. I mean, I don't know if there's a bigger trade out there for a defenseman or um, you know, if you're not happy with Yarn uh, Cook, who's been very good uh, when he's played with Tavares and Marner, um, you know, if you want more of a, a scoring threat uh, on the wing on the top two lines, um, you know, remains to be seen. But I mean, I, I think he's a guy that, um, you know, if you put him in the, the same conversation with Dryden Hunt and Zach Aston Reese, uh, if he can maybe bring that, that little extra on the fourth line. And, um, and I think it's important, too, to have, you know, we talked about his long road to get there at the age of 26. Aston Reese was a, um, a, a an invite to training camp and earned himself a contract. I think you've got to have guys that are happy to be there in that role. It's not about I want more ice time and I should be on the power play. I accept, you know, the role I have, whether it's 8 or 12 minutes a game, and, um, and it's my job to produce during that time. So, um, I, I think he's absolutely in that conversation to, you know, to be a bottom six guy that has some character and some compete in him. Here's my uh, bold statement for the day. If Morgan Riley isn't good in the playoffs, the Leafs can't get out of the first round. What are your thoughts on where Morgan Riley is at in his return from injury? Uh, I think that's, I, I would, I would say that that's probably a pretty lengthy list morning. <laughs> <I think, laughs> you know, Fair. I don't know if we can, uh, 
where you want to put Morgan Riley there. But the um, you're right. I, I don't know if we've seen this game click yet. Um, you know, we, we talked about the spectacular save Matt Murray made in the first period. Uh, Justin Hall and Morgan Riley got caught up ice. You know, and they were yeah. and they were on the ice when uh, when, when Nashville scored as well. Um, so I don't know if if you could see. I mean, Hall's been very good with Giordano. He's been very good with T.J. Brody. Um, I don't know if we've seen that that duo of Hall and Morgan Riley click yet, uh, because there seems to be a lot of odd man rushes the other way. So, I mean, you will, you know, hopefully Morgan Riley gets back to the way that um, you know we've seen him earlier in his career. Um, but right now, I, I, I think it's safe to say, and it's not being critical, uh, but he's not quite there yet. And um, you know, hopefully, in the next um, the next week or so, we'll see that. No one's watched more Leaf players, including Morgan Riley, than you and Joe. Uh, if if you were to describe Morgan's issues, still, where would you go? Uh, is sometimes I watch him, Ralphie, and he's kind of. He's kind of caught between am, am I an offensive guy? Am I a defensive guy? Do I need to join the rush? Do I need to layer these guys? Do you think that he sits there and goes, I got zero goals in what, close to 30 games? I, I, I want to get a goal here. Like, where, where is he? Where is he mentally and physically for you? Yeah, you know what? I'm, I agree with that, Kip. I think it's sort of in between. And, and you know, as, as much as you can say, um, you know what, just play your game. Uh, I think, you know, sometimes players have a tendency to say, look, I'm getting paid more money now. I got to produce more. And and it's hard to get out of that mindset that I have to be better than I was to earn, you know, the more money that I'm making now than before. And it's, um, you know, and, and I still think there's there's got to be better communication between he and Hall, both as far as who's, who's going in. And then the forwards, somebody's got to pick up. And uh, say I've got to cover the point. If if I look up and see forty four number three standing in front of the opposition net, but you're right. I mean, I think it's uh, uh, it's probably weighing on him that he hasn't scored yet. Um, even though I don't think that's a concern to, to Sheldon Keith for the Leafs. Uh, but I think from a personal pride standpoint, uh, you probably want to be. I don't know if he'll get back to twenty goals ever again, uh, but you still probably is. is you know, if you're going to be in the number one power play unit again, you want to be the, the 10 to 15 goal range for sure. Ralphie, they're through halfway. They're halfway through the season. There's no immediate pressure point. So I'm going to take an opportunity to kind of ask you something uh, about your your own job. And what is it like calling a game with Joe Bowen? Tell me about the experience on a game by game basis. How that? How? What's that like? Well. We've, uh, Joe's been divorced three times. I've been divorced twice. <laughs> so it's probably somewhere between the divorce and the honeymoon. But, uh, <laughs> you know, where it gets to the point where you know he he's kind of the loud one that you know talks about everything, and yeah. you know I kind of just shut down sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate the. Well, we can get you both on, and we can talk through this if we need. <laughs> you know, oh, I know it's my fault. You know, it's, I know where this is going. <laughs> this isn't turning into a, an afternoon talk show. You with, need uh, I feel statements. You need to address each other and say, "When you say that, I feel like you don't." Yeah, I can't help. <laughs> Let me try to segue this. Um, 
Are you uh, are you comfortable with Lilligan and Sandine now moving forward, or, or is there a pending divorce coming by the first round? Nice job. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pro. Yeah. S man has worked in the business for twenty plus years. Well, there, there may be a trial separation first. Have they come along enough for you to say, yeah, listen, uh, they have come a long way in, in really a short period of time to convince uh, us that it might be a, a probability that we could see them together against Tampa Bay in April. Uh, I think maybe um, we made reference to that uh, the Dallas game where Matt Murray was was brilliant in a four nothing win and um, uh, in that game you remember the Leafs were down five on three for a full two minutes and Sandine and Lilligren were on the ice for most of it uh, and, and I thought it was a, kind of a watershed moment where they were both blocking shots and they were both physical in front of the net and and to me it was sort of the first time you, you thought maybe this is that moment where they come together. I think the, well, whether it's a positive or negative, and you could probably find both, they're very similar players. You know, and, and kind of, um, as you were describing Morgan Riley, are, are they offensive? Are they good positionally defensive? Um, you know, where, where where do they fit in that that realm of uh, defensive responsibilities? So, um, you know, again, I, I think it's another thing. You've got till the trade deadline to, to try to figure it out. Um, but I think they've, that's been much more positive than negative. And, and to me, that turning point was that Dallas game. You know, we were watching the game last night and, uh, I had a bunch of people tweet at me because Pierre Engvall body checked someone, um, on purpose. He ran his body forcefully into another person and people liked that. <laughs> Do you feel like the, he's coming around? Like, is he using his body? Is there a chance this guy can be of use? We discussed him earlier in the show. I want to get your take on Engvall. Yeah, well, again, I, I think he's been better this year than he has any other time with the Leafs. Um, I, I think he's been a nice fit. But, uh, you know, it, it, he's one of those guys that, you know, you see, what, what is he, 6'3", 6'4"? 6'5". Six, six, yeah. It sort of leads me into my point. He doesn't play like he's 6'5". <laughs> no. And, and I know Sheldon Keefe has said, look, you know, a lot of, a lot of big guys in the league aren't physical. And there are smaller guys in the league, if you want to take Brad Marchand, that are physical. And it's it's just, um, you know, a player's makeup. But, um, yeah, I think you always you always want to say, you know, size is an advantage, uh, especially on the forecheck and everything. Why wouldn't you use it? Um, I think we've seen uh, a, a lot more out of him on the offensive side this year. Um, you know, in spurts where he's, I, mean, I think he's, even last night he made a play, I think it was to, to Lilligren coming late. Came over the line, pulled up, and then then made the pass to the middle of the ice. So, um, I, I think his game's improved, but I don't know if he's he's ever going to be one of those guys that you say is is going to somehow flip a switch and he's going to be play with a little more of an edge and, and be more physical. I think um, you realize it's it's personality and the way he plays, and um, you try to fit him into the lineup where he you know can can help you the best. One more for me, Ralphie, and that the uh, full circle goes back to the goaltenders. Uh, Samson will go tonight against Detroit, and we assume we'll see Matt Murray against Boston Saturday night. But are we now at the point of the regular season where Matt Murray needs to play three out of four games, or are we going to take this thing right to April? Uh, I'd say two out of three anyway, Ken, because I, I don't think you want to go in if it's, 
you've split them pretty much all year. And, you know, whether it's to try to, to prevent any serious injuries or, or whatever, and then you say, okay, it's the playoffs every second night, go. You know, and I, I don't know if the body takes time adjusting to it. Um, but but I'd, I'd like to see maybe Murray play two out of three, not necessarily three out of four. Okay. And, um, and get ready. But uh, because, I, you know, I do think in the back of your mind there's, there's the injury history. So you better make sure that you, you do have both guys ready. Um, but I think, obviously, when you look at the length of contracts, Hampson, it's only on one year. Um, Murray's the guy you want. I still think you've got to keep Samson off in the loop and comfortable. And uh, if he gets in, it's not going to be because he hasn't played for three or four weeks that you have a concern. Ralphie, always a pleasure, pal. All right, don't tell Joe I talked about No, I won't. I won't. <laughs> yeah. But anytime Glad you, we can work with you. Anytime you need to talk to us about Joe and uh, the, clearly the issues that have been going on behind the scenes, we're here for you, man. We'll send you a bell for the therapy. I'll text you around midnight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, just don't slur your words then, okay? Jim Thanks. Ralph. Thanks, Ralphie. Uh, okay, let me throw this out. We're going to go to break soon, but uh, so it's it's interesting, and uh, the sense is that you you're not as worried now on Matt Murray on whether or not he can get the job as much as you are between now and the end of the year, will he get hurt? Yeah. Really good point. If you put all your eggs in the Matt Murray basket and then the basket breaks, you know, you can't say that you didn't see it coming or that you're shocked that the basket broke or, you know, it's a fragile basket. Okay. I don't know how I want to break this down yet, but I'm going to try it. Okay. I'm going to give you guys uh, three options on Matt Murray staying healthy Till the end of the year. Let's get twenty five percent. TSN's Quizmaster. Fifty or seventy five percent odds that he makes it all the way healthy. Yes. What were the numbers? Twenty five, fifty, seventy five. He didn't even offer a hundred. No, (laughs) I didn't offer zero, and I'm not offering a hundred. Twenty five. Ooh. Sorry, you think there's a twenty five percent chance he gets through the year without injury? Yeah. That's so low. Yeah, he's going to get hurt again. Come on. You just wow. hope it's not at the wrong time. Wow. I He has already played more hockey for the Leafs than I thought he would this year. Like after With, he, When he got hurt in the second in morning skate. No, we're not talking about practice. <laughs> talking about morning skate. I thought he was out. I didn't think he was going to play again. Yeah. So Will I, you be shocked if he doesn't get hurt between now and the end of the year? Shocked. You know... It's tough no. to be shocked for when there's an absence of something, you know, like it, like it, at the end of the year, I'll probably look back and go, holy crap, he didn't get hurt. <laughs> but like right now, it just feels like we're just kind of waiting for the next game. Yeah. So I don't know. I, what do you think? What's your pick? 50. You're 50, 50. Yes, I am 50, 50 <gasps> based on his history. 50, 50. Samsonov, you need Samsonov to pick you up until uh, they have the hottest goalie outside of the NHL too. in the Marlies right now. Joe, Joe Wall win again? He won again last night. Nine zero. Marley's record, right? Nine thirty five save percentage. Fascinating. By the way, I've been dying to say this. Someone tweeted us about Engvall, which is why, partially why I've asked questions about them. And I was just Googling this to see if it's a slur or not. But he said, when that butterfly farmer goes in on the four check, <laughs> I was like, can you call a guy a butterfly farmer? I don't. That's one of the funniest insults I've ever heard. So I Googled butterfly farmer, and the first search is butterfly farmer killed. Oh, my God. Dramatic online. <laughs> Anyway.
Just thought I'd share that. That's a detail. great, great chirp. Look at this. I might, I might bring that one to beer league on Monday. <laughs> That's pretty good. good job. I'm always looking for new ones. <laughs> it doesn't seem like they'll they'll ever push this guy to no. go out and, and act like a six foot four uh, four checker. My college roommate was so, six four two whatever, but, and not he didn't want to do it, and they you can't make them do it. Can't make them do it. And they think that they can win without pushing him in that direction. Yeah, they. It's like and they, they got another. They it's got, like they they're got another, so much more accepting than us. They they're got just, another chance to try, right? Right. Well, I mean, I I would like them to push him in another direction. Of but it. you remember another, early, like, another team. like Keith used to kill him in the media. <laughs> oh my god, he used to bury him. But now they're just sort of like, you know, he is what he is. If there was some blockbuster trade where both Kerfoot and Angval went out the door, I wouldn't be heartbroken. <laughs> Listen, it's hard to really dump what, on what teams doing that. Anybody when you're twenty five, nine, and seven, right? Yeah, things are going well till they're not going well, right? And then things go horribly bad after that because you're looking for work. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. Darren McCarty, four-time Stanley Cup champion, uh, will join us and help us tee up the Leafs and Red Wings tonight. Father's Day trip, or is it a weekend, or what do you call it? Whatever. Just a father's trip. Okay, father's trip. Don't father's we get Day a trip is, ever? Uh, U.S. Open Sunday, so. Oh, yeah. Shouldn't they send real Kipper and Bourne on a trip? I would agree. <laughs> I think that'd be great. Okay, we'll work on that during right. the break. All right, back after this. With Darren McCarty, Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee. All right, we're going old school here. Hard-nosed old school. Glad we're not on the ice. Let's bring in Darren McCarty. Mac, what's going on, pal? How are you? Kipper, how you doing? Justin, it's an absolute pleasure uh, to talk to you guys. And uh, what's going on, fellas? I mean, uh, first, let me just say this as a... Uh, member of the Detroit Red Wings and stuff like this for everybody in Toronto. I think that you're seeing something different this year uh, in that team. So um, Mm. I know that everybody's worried about that first round curse and you hear me make fun of it all the time because that's what I'm supposed to do, but I'm just (laughs) jealous. But things that I've seen this uh, Toronto Maple Leafs team do, including last night with the wizardry, as Mr. Bowen said, uh, of Mitch Marner near the end of the game, but uh, I think the resilience that they've learned. And Kipper, I wanted to ask you this because you you know this from experience with your Rangers team that got to the Cup. You need to go through this sort of adversity. And to me, this is the stuff that I guess we were waiting with them for, but we're seeing it in the regular season. And to me, Sheldon Keith's done a heck of a job. Well, no question. Uh, yeah, your thick, uh, your skin thickens, eh? Uh, as as the years go by, um, and just to stay on this, w- what is the number one thing specifically for you, Mac, when you look at the Toronto Maple Leafs that that does stand out? Because obviously the focus is on Marner and Matthews and now Nylander, but what is the it factor? What was the it factor for you and winning Stanley Cups? with the Detroit Red Wings, that you may see a a twinkle out of the Toronto Maple Leafs this year? There's a couple things. And you know what? I get to see it live tonight as Toronto brings their show into LCA in Detroit. But there's two things. It's the maturation of of Mitch Marner 
into that true leadership role and comfortability in who he is, not just as the points guy, but what he means in the locker room. And you cannot, in today's NHL, it's the depth that they've learned, especially on defense, which Kipper, in our game, like you said, throw it back. It was that star centerman, and you needed that guy or the two guys down the middle. Now you need those defense guys, and I can't say enough. I've been impressed is is defensively they've done the job, and it's been um, by different guys. So they're, different guys are learning by fire, learning more responsibilities. So it's just not on the Matthews, the Nylanders, you know, the Tavares's and the Marners. It's it's really becoming a team effort, and I think I, for the first time. I'm sort of seeing it, and I'm seeing it game after game after game. Darren, one of the things that has changed a little bit with this Leafs team is the fourth line seems to feel like they know their fourth liners this year. In the past, there's been Jason Spezza. There's been some like some confusion almost over what the bottom line does. How important is it, do you think, to like accept your role and have clarity in what, what it is you're supposed to do? You know, you're, you're one of the best at what you did ever in, you know, at a very specific position in the lineup. How important is that acceptance of where you fit into the lineup? Embrace. What you're seeing is guys embracing whatever it is, and I don't care. It goes along. It's the same thing we always talk about, your star players needing to get their minutes. Well, it's the same thing is that if your fourth line is going to give you the best six minutes that you're going to give them, or in our case, if you're talking the grind line back in our winning days, we were playing 12 to 15 minutes. You know, we could match up against everybody else, but you take pride in it. I always say that, hey, I might have been a cog in the wheel, but I'm a four-cup blinging cog, and when you see that vehicle, I, <laughs> I stand out. And, and you know, like, it's just one of these things that you embrace whatever is needed to be done. And I think, you know, more to it, what you see is more of a traditional fourth line. But in this NHL, which isn't our Kipper in my NHL, which is physicality was more important. Now it's the skating ability. Your guys got to be able to play. You got to be able to play and, and be able to skate in this league. So I think that you, you nailed it. It's along the same lines as that as a team, they're figuring it out and guys are embracing their roles no matter what it is in the lineup or out of the lineup, up and down the lineup. But it's just not like you said, it's not just the Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, Nylander show back to when it was us, when, when the Shanahan's and the Eisenman's and the Fedorov's um, knew that they didn't have to do it. They could, they had guys down the, the lineup that would chip in and, and help out. Not all the time, but when needed, that's what makes you dangerous. Is there, Mac, a, a fine line, too, on if you are in that fourth-line role and, and you are a better skater today and uh, you've got great mobility, but is, is there a, a cusp line in terms of heaviness still? Because I remember you... Um, uh, Malt shake, uh, drapes, kosher. I mean, you guys played a heavy game. And to to go from April to uh, June every other night, wear and tear on the body, is there a sense that you still want to see a little bit of a of, of a heavier fourth line? Or, or, again, you can get away with it if you're, if you're quick and mobile. Well, right. It, it all depends on what the mission is, right? You mentioned uh, Kirk Malpe and Chris Draper, who you wouldn't like Maltz throw the body around and stuff, but what made them, and, and it's hard to 
translate and explain, but their stick, right? Back in the day, your stick was a great weapon too with the way that the rules and the, you know, what you get away with, but it's sort of positioning. So you need to be, you need to be effective that way. But a lot of times the way that the game's called is you got to play within, with, within whatever the, the boundaries are, which are tighter than they were when, when we played. But that's what makes guys like Ryan Reeves so valuable in a, in a game like today to embrace a you know, sort of role like that in Minnesota. You know, he's causing Detroit some, some problems. But, you know, they sort of wean that guy out of the league. But it's, it's more of, I think, to the point as the line, all this, a three-man unit embraces the fact of – what the coach and what they mean to the team moving forward to be successful. So, Mac, where are the Detroit Red Wings in their arc in terms of trying to get back to being a Stanley Cup contender? Obviously, um, you know, willingly sort of bottomed out for a bit and seemed to have turned things around. Where do you have them on that sort of uh, path back to glory? Yeah, I always, I always do the hashtag wiser plan math. Like, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what I want or what I, what I think or whatever. It's, I trust... You know, I have reason. Not only just the fact that I played with him as as a player, and he was my captain for Stanley Cup runs. I've watched the guy since I was since he came to the Red Wings, eleven years old, growing up in Leamington, Ontario. So just you know, stones throw across to go watch Wings games in the Dead Wing era. But it's the man himself. So I just Kipper, you know this math, right? I'm sure you do it with Master. Or, or or some of the some of the other greats you played with, you just go. Oh, it took him eight years in Tampa to get it right. Probably seven here, so probably three or four more years because the greats only compete with themselves. And so I think that you know this year I said before the season, if you're in the conversation at the end of the year, uh, the last week where hey you got to beat Chicago and you got to beat Ottawa, these two wins to get into the playoffs. I think that that's, you know, the high, the ceiling mark next year, playoffs for sure. And then, you know, once you get in the dance, the object around here is foundational. So the fact that, like, we used to do it when we made the playoffs every year, Stevie's trying to get the foundation back. So, you know, uh, I don't – it's it's so tough. This game is so tight. Uh, teams are so, so good. Playoff hockey matters. But I got to think, you know – and at the worst four years, you got to be looking back to the conference finals. We're talking to Stanley Cup champion Darren McCarty, who has built tonight's game between the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Detroit Red Wings as the Iser plan versus the Shanna plan. There it is. Is that what it is? The Shanna plan in Toronto? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, and, and you know what? Uh, and I drank many times out of the cups with those, both those guys. Oh, man, I bet. <laughs> but here's, Kipper, here's what I always tell everybody. I, I, I say when, when your hatred as a tr- uh, Detroit Red Wings fan, uh, like we had towards Colorado and the rivalries back in the day, when that manifests with Toronto, Detroit, like when we were growing up, when the you know Rick Bys and John Andersons and you know all the different guys uh, for the Leafs were playing, when that rivalry's back and you got to go through each other to get out of the Eastern Conference. Oh yeah. Oh, we're gonna love it, aren't we? We're just gonna sit there and just chuckle and love it, and look at that, watch Drapes and Stevie and Shanty all sweat. And uh, the the one thing that I'm sure it's still there might be a level of frustration watching Detroit, especially when uh, you can remember the heyday of uh, your days winning Stanley Cups. But 
there are some really good pieces. And, uh, you know, I'm watching the Flyers, and I went down their lineup, and I'm like, okay, uh, who's an untouchable here moving forward? And you can't really come come up with too many in Philadelphia, but you can look at the Detroit Red Wings and say, hey, yeah, um, most most siders, an untouchable, you know. Uh, yeah. Lucas uh, Raymond is an untouchable. So, I mean, there are pieces to build yeah. for Stevie Y and Drapes. Yeah, no, that, that's the whole thing. And and you look at it, uh, the mantra when, and the say to Uncle Kenny or Kenny Holland, who's the GM in, in Edmonton before, it used to be guys would percolate in the minors a little bit and, and grow. But the game's changed, the evolution. These guys are coming in young. There's, you know, some young guys like Jonathan Berger who's in the lineup. You see the development of some young guys like a Joe Valeno. You know, he got Simon Edmondson down and given time in Grand Rapids. Elmer Soderbloom who's started the year here, has been up and down, and these guys are all young. So that goes to my former centerman and, and your good friend Chris Draper also as as what they're getting the job done is they're scouting NHL players. So, um, yes, the, the future's bright here in Detroit. It's still some stormy seas. Uh, tonight might be one of those because uh, I tell you this, is Toronto plays real well. In Little Caesars, so uh, hopefully it's not one of one of those nights. And having Tyler Bertuzzi back in the lineup will help too. So, um, yeah, it's going to be this way throughout the whole season. Uh, but like I tell all Wings fans, I say go ahead and get your favorite player's jersey because uh, if you get that guy's jersey, he's probably going to be around. And I guess I'll just lead that leads me into Dylan Larkin. You think Larkin's going to be committed there long term? I hope so. Yeah, I always said it. I always said it. If Stevie's uh, Merlin. Dylan's always been King Arthur just because of, you know, it's a, it's a big thing with a lot of us older guys. Like, like for me, I grew up a Red Wings fan, so I'm like the stepchild because I'm from across the border. He's a kid that's from here, and the first time, the thing I love about Dylan Larkin is he knew as much history about the Red Wings even back when he was a teenager just talking to him because he lived it and he loved it. So, um, I believe in him. I believe this is what I stand. The Detroit Red Wings will be a serious contender when Dylan Larkin is your number two sentiment, just like back in the day, like yeah. Steve Eisenman was to, to Sergey. So we still need his, he still needs his Sergey Federov. You know what, Mac? Uh, again, you know, not to keep going back, you know, 15, 20 years ago, here. but it's relevant. Like, but Come on. Uh, Detroit powerhouse, right? Big market, uh, really a, a sense of, top team uh, marketability all of that it's been a while here right i mean are are the are the red wing fans still there can we can we get detroit back to the point where they are a top oh, yeah. powerhouse they're, they're, team again yes oh absolutely and it's a hashtag like you said the wiser plan like you're all in they're, they're waiting that's the best thing about detroit fans we've gone through different cycles at different times and it's been a long time. And, and here's the one thing which you don't realize, Kipper, because we played in it and I played at the end of it. But, the, you know, the salary cap era has had some, some effect. And it's, and it's mm-hmm. you know, the adjustment to that. But I'll tell you right now, even though, like, tonight's a sold out, the, all this month, the last eight or nine games of it all sell out, the people are ready here in Detroit. Um, they trust in Stevie. And uh, so they're showing up and supporting. And, and, you know, the frustration is, is 
a little bit easier because you see the improvement and you see the fact that you're getting some results. Because we can all agree, the eyeball test that this team is a lot better than they were last year. A lot has to do with the new coach and Derek Lalone. It takes time to implement everything you want to implement. They got some improvements to do. To hopefully they can kill a penalty tonight, but uh, we'll see. Big test for them in Toronto. Like I said, when they become your arch nemesis again, that's when the, the, the world in Darren McCarty's hockey land will be right. And that's when it really comes back full circle to Hockey Town USA, right? Uh, you, you said it, Kipper. It always is. It's just been a little dormant lately. There you go. Hey, Mac, loved having you on. We want you on again. Uh, wish you all the best, pal, in t- uh, 2023, okay? Yeah, I appreciate it, Kipper, and I'll uh, see you. Yeah, hit me up anytime, uh, Justin. Appreciate you guys doing a heck of a job. And I always like uh, reminiscing about the good old days. And, yeah, stop and think about that for a minute, what you said. 20, 20 25, 30 years ago. So, enjoy, boys. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. Love well, having you. That is Stanley Cup champion, right, Darren McCarty. Sounds great. It does. Sounds like he just he's like getting shot out of a cannon, eh? Isn't there a ton of spring in his uh, voice? Yeah, there's, there's no fear. You know, that's what I remember the way he played. It wasn't recklessness. It was just no fear. He played to that level of just like, you try to stop me. You know. And I'm telling you, like, that stretch of hockey that we're talking about and where Detroit was on the map, the NHL, the hockey map. Oh, yeah. When, they I, when I grew up, Detroit owned was it. Detroit. Owned it. I mean, and it was real and true hockey town. Yeah. They haven't been hockey town for like 20 years. Yeah. Okay. How long? I've, yeah. Well, when did they stop making the playoffs? 2015. Okay. Well, even, <laughs> even towards the last few years, yeah. it wasn't as sexy as, as it was. Sexy they were, or no. as powerful. No. That's yeah. all. No. no, you're right. Thinking about those Detroit, Colorado years. Oh my I mean, God. that was like, those are the two premier franchises. Did you guys watch that 30 for 30? Oh yeah. With, Forsberg. I was talking about Forsberg with... Drapes and Claude Lemieux. But Forsberg's involved, obviously. I saw pieces of it, but, but I've never watched it in its entirety. I badly Draper got hurt. But McCarty is a big part of that. Like, he does the interviewing with uh, Claude Lemieux on the stage, and like that's a big part of the okay. documentary. You know what we're going to do? I'm going to watch it. We're all going to watch it again, yeah. and then we're going to have him back on, and we'll just do a whole segment <laughs> just, on uh, that. A little homework. Three-year-old, like, Love real it. Kipper and Bourne yes. show review. Oh, man, that's an incredible documentary. It really is incredible. Yeah. But um, that I was just, when you guys were talking to him there, I was watching, I posted the goal that he scored against the Flyers in the chat. The oh, goal. The inside-outside. That's one of the best goals in the history of the Stanley it Cup is. Finals. Like, and considering then they had a the guy stakes, that could do what he did outside of scoring that could yeah. do that stuff, that's Tom Wilson. That to, that toe drag into the middle, I don't even know who it was. He just sent that guy to the shadow realm. He was gone. <laughs> hey, just do me a favor and, and, and uh, look at it one more time so you can see the, the flyer defenseman. Yeah, do you want me to know who, you want to know who yeah, it was? Yeah, I do. Okay. Let me we know it was uh, uh, Ron Hextall in net, right? I'm, uh, I'm, I'm on the hunt right now. Why, do you, do you actually want the name or... I, I yeah, I'm just yeah, out of curiosity. I'm going through ads here, so give me a second. I'm uh, you know, I only bring this up because I played with a guy in Washington named Sean Chambers. <laughs> okay. Is it Sean Chambers? And Sean was the recipient of a Mario Lemieux inside outside oh, during the yes. Stanley Cup final. Number 44 on the Flyers. Uh, uh, Yanni Ninema. Is that who that is? I don't know. I'm just throwing okay. it out there. 
I'm oh, looking it up. Oh, he's just uh, scrambling. <laughs> Stop. It's that happening one, in slow motion. That one just gets your shorts right in a knot. Yeah. That's tough. That that's one tough. you see in your sleep the rest of your life. Well, it doesn't It doesn't have to be in your sleep, Kipper. You see it on every... Oh, the playoffs are starting dinner. again. Yeah. They, every... Yeah, right in the uh, middle of yeah, the, you nailed it. Right in the Nenema. middle of uh, Top Gun. <laughs> well, like, if you're if, Maverick, if Yanni Nienema loves hockey and he's like, oh, I'm going to watch the Stanley Cup playoffs. First night of Stanley Cup you, playoffs. Yeah, every single, like literally every single, you know, thing they put out there, every piece of advertising, that goal is always involved in it. Yeah. You know what? Because you don't even try to go one on one with someone. It is Nienema. Yeah. yeah. It is, eh? Yeah, yeah. Yanni Nienema. Okay, that's a good night. Good one. That's a hell of a fly. And how about team. the slash? Who's coming in late with the slash? That was a, that team just had. It's crazy how good that Flyers team was, and they just got the doors blown off them by that that uh, Wings team. Chop. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, eh? I can't see. It was a uh, right-handed shot with the chop. But the chop is number eight. The chop is way too late. <laughs> it is is way too Michael late. Pettit? Michael Petit. Oh, right. Michelle Petit. <laughs> Michael Pettit. <laughs> Nailed it. From Texas? You're Canadian. You should recognize a French name. Oh, I didn't until I looked across and saw where he was from. I was like, oh, God. That's I'm okay. Idiot. You're forgiven. You're under. Thank you. You're 30 something. Yeah. You're forgiven. There you go. What yeah. a goal. What All a right. guess. That was awesome. That was awesome. We'll have him again. Yep. And we will. I'd love to. I'd just love to pick his brain on that whole series. Yeah, for sure. But we'll watch uh, the documentary before we do that. All right. Uh, some news and notes around oh, the league. Let me do the first one before I forget. Uh, the NHL wants you to get your vote in for the All-Star game by this Saturday. You can hashtag NHL All-Star vote. Go ahead and do that. Push for Pontus. Pontus yes, Holmberg. Push for Pontus. Okay, let's let's go there. Um, because we assume that the Leaf fans will get Willie Nylander in? Do we not? I mean, can you get you know, Matthews in first? Right. I'm. I'm going down the path that. How far are we from the All Star weekend? I have no idea. Three weeks. Uh, don't don't embarrass me by pointing out that I have no idea. Okay, I think it's like <laughs> early February. Okay, sure. Are we now to the point where a nagging injury will totally come into play? on giving Austin full four days off. Yeah, but you still got to vote him in, right? Like, the, he'll get the credibility and then he'll pass? Yes. Yeah. Uh, regardless of of being voted in or picked by the league, if you feel like you've got something nagging, yeah. the history of this uh, weekend will show you that uh, there's leniency to someone that isn't 100%. Let me ask you, a game 50 of any season, have you ever not had something nagging? This is different. He's missing games. Yes. Oh, it's yeah. close. It's true. And so it's it's it would be legit if they told him. And again, if we are in that mind frame now that this is a buildup towards game one, then Austin, don't go. Yeah. And be curious to know, like, for these guys, the meaning of the All-Star game has changed. So if you say to Willie Nylander, you can either go be in the All-Star game and compete in that three-on-three game, or you can go to Belize, what he would prefer to <laughs> well, do on I, that uh, weekend. No, Sid, I, got, Sid got asked about it today. I was like, oh, in years past, you haven't guys like, oh, I haven't gone? And he had a big crap-eating smile on his face yeah, when he said it. It's yeah. like, I, 
if for a first time guy, You'd or it's, like, it's very very thrilling. But I'm sure Sid's like again. Yeah, you got it. You're right though. But for Willie Nylander, he'll go. He'll be excited wow. to go first. He's first. Willie Nylander in Toronto. He's Willie Styles in Miami. <laughs> in Miami, <laughs> different guy. Oh, he'd play that up. Big time. How many, I was no going to say, oh, how many buttons done up? How many Instagram <laughs> pictures of him with like half a shirt on will we get? I'm Maybe setting, the dreads will come back. I'm setting the over under at two and a half picks. <laughs> yeah. How many he takes and how many he posts are different equations, but yes. I'll tell you where he won't be posing uh, for Instagram pictures next year if he makes the all-star team is in Toronto. What? 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 Well, the All-Star Game's coming to oh, Toronto yeah, February in Toronto? You don't think he'll yeah. be shirtless? No, no, he won't be shirtless <laughs> in, uh, this time uh, next year. I wonder if there's a part of the league is like, look, a lot of people like to go home for the break anyway. Home, Ontario's home to, I don't know, 30% of the league. Toronto makes sense. I don't know. Do we, uh, do we expect next year anything like... Uh, alligators uh involved in the skills competition or dunk tanks on the beach now they're during uh yes and yes the all-star weekend they're firing a puck into a osmos chicken on the rocks that's that's the <laughs> <Stop> here. <laughs> okay, what, what, what kind of talk is this oh that's happening do you really believe i have not asked i'm scared to ask anybody if this is true or not yeah i also have heard rumblings of the things you're vaguely rumbling about <laughs> meat patties to an alligator is that what we're doing we're shooting meat patties sounds i'll watch if that's the case no meat? you're not watching oh, that i'm watching that i think that that's is appointment television incredibly compelling <laughs> there needs to be a danger element though like if you miss you have to go get your meat patty back to shoot again it just turns into an episode of jackass all of a sudden <laughs> oh come on guys you can't yakety sax music this, is, this, so will, this will bottom it out are you kidding me? This one. I'm calling. The, I'm calling it right now. If this turns into that bit of a clown show, yeah, then it gets scrapped. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. This is the background music <laughs> the during the skills game. competition. Yeah. Buddy, they almost froze on glaciers in the Bellagio Pond last year. I'm calling <laughs> it right now. If this turns into a clown show, then by next year, we're going. Nostalgic. Five on five. Gauntlet. Everyone lines up by the boards. You have to skate through the gauntlet. Five on five. NHL All-Star game. Oh, my God. I would love that. Best players picked by... Gary. Professionals. (laughs) By by non-Twitter. It would be funny to see if Gary could give you the 20 best players in the league. I, I actually would really take a ton of pride that if the All-Star game came back to Toronto... And they were like, all right. None of that, now it's a hockey none game. None of that funny business in the Mecca hockey. We're, we're playing a hockey game. We're doing fastest skater. We're bringing back styrofoam. Environment be damned. I don't care. <laughs> and then we're going to throw them <laughs> in the <laughs> lake. We're, 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 yeah, it's like if they went like stock, traditional, and they wore orange and black jerseys in Toronto, Ooh. it would be the most, that would be the most pride I would ever take in the All-Star game. Oh, I think you're onto something there. There. There you go. So let's really hope it really is bad. This well, year, chances are pretty so good. it completely bottoms out. Do you remember out. the St. Louis like sauce pass into the different levels of the net from a distance thing? Yes, I do remember. You know, 
I like that. Is, is shooting meat patties in a gator's mouth any different? <laughs> that really sounds like a euphemism for something. <laughs> <laughs> shooting meat patties into a gator's mouth. Uh, <laughs> I have I'm a new drop. Like, uh, the, and they, uh, they'll get, oh they'll get in trouble because it's meat, so they'll have to do ve- <laughs> vegan patties. It's going to be meatless patties. It'll be yeah. a meatless patty. Yeah. they got to go down to a and and get a Beyond Meat burger. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hey, can we can we order like uh, twelve hundred um, uh, burgers, please? It'd be like Gary and Bill Daly at the drive-through. Yeah. Hey, we need some meat patties. What do you got back there? Yeah. You know, you like the juice, huh? <laughs> like spent the weekend shooting meatless patties in the gator's mouth. No idea what that means, but it's something. All right, all what right. else you got? Okay, we got um, Oliver Ekman Larson scratched for the Vancouver Canucks. Healthy scratch. Going to watch a game. Year two of his deal that goes to 2027. Is that good? What a disaster this trade was. Real, real bad. And so that obviously is Bruce Bruce Boudreaux being like, he's not defending well. I don't want him in the lineup tonight. And we're hearing Rick Rick Tockett rumors at the same time. When Bruce has been around a long time, one of the winningest coaches in history. Yeah. 600 and however many wins. He ain't making that decision at least by himself you don't think this is like a i'm hearing coaching rumors i'm gonna do whatever the hell i want on the way out the door no absolutely not really not a snowball's chance he's got to go to patrick alvin and say patrick and uh jimmy rutherford first yeah like that's ownership would have a say on whether their eight million dollar defenseman plays or not or doesn't yeah. Without a doubt, that ain't Bruce running solo. It's interesting. You know, because what if he just did it? He's the coach, you know? Decide his lineup. Yeah. No. no. That's not the way it works. No. No. Okay. How are we still talking about Gabby as the coach? Well, I have some mercy on let the man. Let the man go. He like, let him go. You know what? It hasn't been fair to Boudreaux since the jump. No. When your GM or your president talks trash about your coaching. The players don't feel the need that you're not going to be there. They don't need to buy in because you're not the guy. So the team plays worse. I will say they play the most unstructured hockey I can remember since, and I don't mean this as a slight to someone I like, since Doug Waite coached the Islanders. That I mean, just a complete train wreck of a I, defensive plan. I came in yesterday after they blew that 3 nothing lead in the first period to the um, Penguins, and I just said to you, I'm like, they're horse bleep. Oh. The, they're just absolutely terrible. They're a terrible team. They're as bad as you can be with talented players. And that's why they can't bottom up. Because they have talented players. Yes. Yeah. It's just like, they're just too good still. Yeah. So a guy who used to get back to us pretty regularly anytime we asked him on the show who's suddenly gone a little quiet, Rick Tockett. His, uh, Elliot Friedman mentioned him on a show today saying that he thinks... I've heard his name out there constantly and part of the reason I would think that they have not made any moves with Bruce Boudreaux is a financial one. It just doesn't make any sense to start taking on uh, what I would think would be in the ballpark between two and a half, three million dollars to get Rick Tockett to leave television to go behind the bench when you know that you're not going anywhere anytime soon ah but this is bad kip this I, is bad for everyone the the, the players involved yeah i know are everyone know. is floundering looking it, for a direction maybe 
maybe they are at the point where they're okay still paying Bruce Boudreaux the rest of the season, uh, Travis Green the rest of his contract, and now bringing Rick Tockett on board. Maybe it makes more sense for them for the reasons that you speak in the back half of the season than it did with... Uh, the first 40 games yeah I, I do think at some point there's a competitive element to this where like you're hurting your team next year by not letting them like find some structure this year you got to sell season tickets you got to sell right. uh, corporate packages how many people want to be associated with a team that uh, uh, this narrative follows them like a dark cloud can't talk about the team without talking about Boudreaux right now well, they're just waiting for that shoe to drop I think if you are, and I don't know how you could not be on this team if you're a Canucks fan. I think if you're on Team Tank, you probably want them to keep Boudreaux. Because yeah. I don't think, if you go, you bring in Rick Tockett halfway through the season. And they get better. That's good. I mean, and you're listen, still, yeah, that's God, a good love, point. God love Gabby, but yeah. Rick Tockett's going to come in there and it's going to be a completely different probably message. And they're going to be, they're going to get a kick in the ass from a sort of a hard-nosed guy. They're going to get maybe... Eight or nine points they shouldn't get, which takes you how many lottery balls further away wow. from the North Vancouver kid that's really good at hockey who wants to play there? Maybe but, that's why Gabby's still there. But can you do that to the players and the fans? Just let them. But they all want to lose. They want to lose every game. Every Canucks fan wants to lose every game. The organization hasn't made that clear that's a priority. They say they want to clear cap space. That's what Rutherford says. We haven't seen that. Yeah. So that's. All right, uh, here's one for you. March NHL general manager meetings in Florida coming up. Hot button topic, goalies knocking the nets off their moorings. What do you think? Can I tell you what I think about this? Yeah. Who cares? Oh, no. I care. Yeah? Uh, I care. Okay. I hate it when there's a flurry of activity and the team's about to... You take a shot on goal or yeah. get go, and then I see the net come off. Yeah, it pisses me off. Okay, do yeah. you, and you think goalies are the bad guys? I don't know, I don't know. Yeah. And I did write about this today. That uh, my first thought is is like hit the goalies hard, but there is a lot of talk that they're not going to have a a knee jerk reaction start, to the league. Start with the actual. Start with what is going on. How consistent. Are the nets within each rink? Like, is it uniform? The is it mechanical? Yeah. Is it some holes are deeper than others? Some pegs are longer than others. I don't know. Do some nets come off right. easier in other buildings? So they're 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 going to have to figure this out, and uh, it may take a little bit of time. Yeah. But it you you want analytics? Who's the league leader in the nets? Coming off the morning. Is it our boy? <laughs> Matt Murray? Well, Matt Murray Listen, leads the league in nets I, off. I will say. If Veg Melka and Phoenix led the league, we never would talk about this once. But this we're is the not most, wrong. This is the most Toronto-centric conversation of all time. Now, because the least goalie did it a couple times, oh, it's a referendum. Sam, no, it's, no, it's not. It's been but happening for ever since there's posts and moorings. It's been happening. But it's not a, it's not a story until... Uh, uh, the biggest market in the world with the most, the, the most storytellers in the world for hockey are here. So it's a natural feel that it's always bigger because it's out of Toronto. That's just the media. Is there, how much would you lose it? It's the third time that Vasilevsky has knocked it off in round one. The, the Leafs are swarming around the net and he lifts up a post again. You'd lose your mind. Yeah. 
So I mean, I, I don't hate the idea that they'd like it to yeah. stop. I so I, but they but I, I changed my tone here. It's just something to me. Them's the breaks. It's one of the things that pisses me off that happens in a hockey game. You know what else pisses me off? When they make horrible calls on the Leafs in the you know in Game Seven. When a uh, pick play that doesn't get called, that also pisses me off. But oobla dee, oobla da, yeah. bud, life goes on. Like, that's just the way it goes. Yeah, but listen, it's... We don't need more gray that's, area that's in the That's the history NHL. of the game, buddy. Yeah. The, goalies knocking nets off is not what we've grown up with or we know about. This is, this is new. At this, at this rate, it's new. It's a nice tactic. <laughs> it is fantastic if you're good at it. Right? It is no different... Than than uh, than a guy embellishing a penalty. Yeah, it is. If you're not cheating, you're not trying. And there's some guys that are really good at it. Yeah, I, I don't know where Vasilevsky is. I, I I would bet you he hasn't knocked off maybe two nets this year. Yeah. How do the we honorable know? the how great? Do, how do you know that? Vasilevsky. What's that? I don't know that. Do we know that? Is that no, true? No, we don't know that. He's I, a monster. Just... He's the biggest goalie in the league. He probably done but it a hundred times, but, but no all, one cares. But he also is the calmest, biggest guy that I know. And <laughs> there's not too many times when he's swimming out there or he's sliding any harder than he needs to. Yeah. I can just picture this conversation goes down at whatever, when all the guys get together and they're like, the Toronto, Leafs are doing it. We okay. better shut it down. And then first round of the playoffs guarantee matt murray kicks it off not that bad <laughs> and they get called for it and the least get a goal against i can i this is a lock stone cold lock now of the future now i'm gonna find someone's gonna tweet me that vasilevsky's done it like four, yeah, five again, times i guarantee he has but guess what no one gives a because he plays not in toronto everyone cares because so they hate the least your point is that they should allow matt murray to cheat just, because every goalie does it just it's a part of the game I, 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 that's unacceptable my every friend part, not every uh, no, goalie no. does it it's part of the game no i'm on team kipper absolutely you, but you not just said you don't care about this yeah, he's talking me into it oh not acceptable my, my friend no 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 <laughs> you don't get to accidentally shoot the puck over the glass anymore to kill a momentum or get your team arrest or get a line change oh. That's what these guys have now in the back of their minds. The net, the shooting it over the glass penalty in the playoffs is, I mean, if we're going down this road, it's particularly annoying because you can commit an absolute murder on a guy in overtime. You haul him down, you put your your arm around a guy's neck and drag him down, no penalty, but you accidentally heal one over the glass, two minutes you might be going out of the playoffs because of that. Like, I actually, I'd like to see that go away. Agree. I th- I think that rule is so stupid. I don't think you have time to consciously be no, like, no. How this many out times? How many times do you see a guy go oh, yeah, like, drink. put his head back? It's like, oh yeah, crap! I kind of just accepted it now. I hate him. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of it. But, but he's I, right though because I, other I calls it. go down in terms of like what you have to do to earn the call, and that stays at the same level, right? I mean, it, so it does become a more common call or a more, I don't know. It's high. High damage. You make a mistake like that, and you know boy, what I it found hurts. goofy too is that, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but you can do it in the neutral zone. Yes, yeah, yeah you're fine, but you can't do it in your own zone. Right. So it's it's literally one stride take difference. A five minute major. If you are shooting pucks over the glass in the neutral zone, zone you know how bad of a player you must be (laughs) to shoot a puck over the glass in the neutral zone? With a lob wedge? What kind of curve do you have? You're the worst passer in the history of the game. You should be game misconduct. (laughs) Like, we can't, you're not allowed to play anymore. You got to go home. 
Leafs, Red Wings. God, I got way more fired up than that oh, about yeah. that than I should have. Anyways. No, no, for sure. Get the refs talk going and my blood boils. Yeah. We got to have Tim Peel back this Just year. Just like that. Two hours, guys. That was fast. Jimmy Ralph, thank you very much in the first hour. And Darren McCarty, awesome stuff on our show today. Leafs and Detroit tonight. We're back tomorrow to give you that and more on the Real Kipper and Bourne Show. For Derek Brandale, Jen Rolnick, Sammy McKee, Justin Bourne, have a great night. We're back tomorrow. Real Kipper and Bourne.